Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and this is your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Today, it's Thursday, January 23rd, and we're going to start talking about uh, some of the grades that came out of uh, pro football focus on the Pittsburgh Steelers, particularly really about all defensive players and where some of the top Steelers ranked. We'll also update you on more of the Antonio Brown situation, sigh, and I'll also be talking about Eli Manning's retirement and what exactly is going on with that 2004 quarterback draft class of Manning, uh, Rivers, and Roethlisberger. Okay, everybody, let's get the uh, the tough stuff out first. Of course, that means I'm going to be talking about Antonio Brown. Sorry, but got to do it. Antonio Brown, former Steeler, uh, we knew that there was an incident at his home. We knew that the police were in pursuit of a warrant for arrest. Um, we, I talked about this on yesterday's podcast, but just uh, more updates keep, keep coming in. So we're going to follow this story until we get at least some sort of resolution where it stops popping up all over the newsfeed. Uh, basic developments, early Wednesday morning. Uh, there was a report that came out that said Antonio Brown had locked himself in his own home and was refusing to cooperate with investigators. Now, that's a bad sign up front because that means Antonio Brown is sort of resisting the police. And, you know, it's not officially resisting. It's not like he's resisting arrest. But the fact that he's being confrontational about this and, you know, and, and taking that kind of a stance... It's not a good look for when the police already have reasons to not be so to, to not to not trust you or to think that you're a threat, especially considering they returned his donation, um, a, a donation that he regularly gave to the to the police department to fund their seven on seven football league. Um, they've disassociated themselves with him. Drew Rosenhaus has separated himself from him. Seems like uh, seems like this this continues to be to be the case, and now with Antonio Brown locking himself in his home, it was kind of a statement that hey, he's not going anywhere. He's not turning himself in peacefully. At least that's what it appeared to be stated. Then later on Wednesday, the Hollywood Police Department of Florida did issue a warrant for the arrest of Antonio Brown, uh, citing burglary and battery. Uh, you know, going into the incident that occurred earlier this week, uh, and this also brought up yesterday. I didn't have a name. I didn't have the name of 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 who had been with Antonio Brown, but it's it's been revealed now that Antonio Brown's trainer Glenn Holt was the person who was arrested at Brown's house for felony burglary and battery of the uh, you know allegedly of the uh, battered moving truck driver. Who was reported to uh, to have been attacked by both Brown, Brown and, and Holt? Now, there's also the report that says that uh, from ESPN saying that Antonio Brown threw a rock at at, at, at this uh, at this moving driver. And again, uh, from according to the reports here from TMZ Sports, uh, the the moving driver was simply trying to deliver uh, things to the home. So it. You know, there's still details being worked out there and seeing what the heck is going on, but this just continues to spiral downwards. Um, so yeah, the police do have a warrant for Antonio Brown's arrest, uh, but the uh, the police, according to Robert Little of Black Sports Online and TMZ Sports, uh, Robert Little was has been sort of providing updates on this. 
Um, and uh, one of his latest updates was that the, the police have been alerted that Antonio Brown might have a gun on him because he has a concealed weapon permit. They've also the, the department has also told their officers that Antonio Brown can be confrontational. Um, now, this is all; these are all signs that this could end, if, the, if this looks like it's going to end the standoff. It, Antonio Brown, of course, won't win this standoff. Um, you know, you got to hope that this would resolve peacefully for for somebody, just 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 for not just for them, but for everyone involved, and for anyone else who's in that house, uh, for any of the police officers who might have to go in. If I'm the police, I'm honestly trying to just cut off resources to the house and force them out peacefully. Um, but you know, who knows what direction this incident might go. Um, ultimately, again, this is just continuing the downward spiral of Antonio Brown's career. And uh, we have to kind of just see where this where this plays out. It could end up a lot worse than uh, even what I was, you know, t uh, predicting. You know, I, I was just thinking that Antonio Brown was just going to continue on his downward spiral, and you know, and you know, you see you see him lose money. You'd see him do ridiculous things, and uh, but but resort and maybe have some violent moments. Um, but hold, you know, holding up against police, you, you got to hope that's just a temporary thing and that, you know, maybe some, something snaps into him to call a lawyer and they, and it's resolved, it's resolved somehow without violence, but that continues to be a scary situation. Um, and, uh, and considering with all the things that have been revealed, this in recent weeks with the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix and how his right his, his life unraveled and the things that he got away with that led up to his situation um, and, the, and and Aaron Hernandez we we at least see that that part of his story we know the things that he was doing and the people that he killed uh, Antonio Brown who knows what's what all's going on behind closed doors right now um, it does appear that. This is uh, going to continue to get worse um, until he at least turns himself in and then uh, the police can deal with the charges and the allegations of assault, battery, bur burglary, all, all of the stuff that they've been talking about. Um, you know, it's just a, it's just a further reminder of just where this guy is. Uh, this is a, the worst fall from grace that I've seen in a year and a half. I mean, you got to think this is what this is January 2019. We're talking about our 2020. If you go back to December of 2019 of 2018. So a, a year and a month ago, Antonio Brown was dissecting the new Orleans saints and the Steelers were just a couple points away. It was, was just one play away um, from, from beating new Orleans saints in their home and, you know, giving them a really good shot to make the playoffs. And, you know, all, you know, all wasn't, perfect and peachy with Antonio Brown, but there was no indication that he was going to ever leave the team. He was, you know, like I've said before, he looked like he was going to be the Prince of Pittsburgh and uh, then he didn't show up and who, who could have seen this already happening? I can understand if you thought eventually something like this would go down, but this quickly, this is not a, this isn't normal. So we will continue to provide updates as, as this story continues um, most likely there will be an update tomorrow. I won't be doing full segment updates on this moving forward because I feel like uh, I, I have to do my my due diligence as uh, a person who is a journalist and who does write and who does talk about these things. But 
We will be moving forward with some uh, some more positive notes right after these break. Okay, moving forward, let's talk about some of the PFF grades. And it, it kind of led me to an interesting thought and discussion about what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, you guys have heard my takes on pro football focus grades. I, I think pro football focus is a good place to initiate discussions, but I don't bank a lot of my knowledge and resources on pro football focus. And here's why. Uh, now, if you've heard this story before, bear with me. But I've told I've told Tony this before. But um, Dale Lolly, my colleague and the the longtime beat writer that, on, on the Steelers that works works for DK Pittsburgh Sports, I I learned a lot from that guy. He told me a story about how pro football focus years ago rated Ramon Foster as the worst guard in all of the NFL. Now, this was years ago when when Ramon Foster was doing just fine and the Steelers' offensive line was performing very well. And uh, at one point, Pro Football Focus sent somebody to Steelers' training camp, and uh, when their guy tried to talk to Ramon Foster, Ramon Foster refused to speak with him. He's like, I'm not talking to you guys. You guys think I'm the worst player in the league. Well, then all of a sudden... You know, they they got real chummy with him, and they were like, oh, we're sorry about that. And then the next week, Ramon Foster was the best guard in the league, and and the, his ratings saw a huge boost. So, it, to me, I, I just I don't put a lot of stock in PFF grades. You know, they had Josh Dobbs as the best player on offense for the Steelers in this preseason, this past preseason. And I thought Josh Dobbs did better than most people give him credit for. But I'm also sitting here like, hmm. But... I will say, so like you know, when they give grades, I'm like, hmm, okay, I'll take that with a with a with a pinch of salt. But what I wanted to to get into was they they released their top rated or top graded uh, defensive players for 2019. Now it should be no shock that the guy who's dominated defense and was as was is currently the reigning two time defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald was the top rated player with a 93.7 rating. I I, I don't know what you know, what their numerics are there, but we'll just, we'll just go with that. Um, but the two players after Aaron Donald, Cameron Hayward, number two with a 91.5 rating. And number three was TJ Watt with a 91.3 rating. Now this is a Pittsburgh dominated list because those who don't know, Aaron Donald went to the university of Pittsburgh. And as we, as you all know, Cameron Hayward and TJ Watt are key players on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what am I going with this? I'm going into the point where this is a this is a, a much better defense than I think even we realize right now because Cameron Hayward was voted first team All Pro as an interior defensive lineman along with Aaron Donald. They were side by side. Like if you were if if you were to take the best football team you could possibly make out of this season, the the Associated Press is basically saying, yeah, if we were to create that team, the two D linemen in the middle of our of our defense that we want going to, going to war every play, it's Aaron Donald and Cam Hayward. That's amazing company for Cam Hayward. And I, it's well-deserved. Cam Hayward's a bad man. Like, this guy, he's not just a, a, a brawler. He's not just a guy that, that beats everyone up in front of him and gets to the quarterback and stops the run. He's a captain. He, he, he sets the tone both physically and mentally. He, he knows what it takes to get to where he needs to be and where he wants to be in the NFL. Um, he's, he's, an, he's absolutely part of the reason that the Steelers' defense has stuck around and is now ready to soar to new heights. So 
I think people, when they're looking at the Steelers' defense, and they're and, they're, and I talked about this yesterday with with the talk about uh, you know just you know wh- where the Steelers are and what they could be and this that and the third, uh, but the Cam Cam Hayward is uh, is 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 a huge reason why the defense is successful. And if Stephon Tuitt can be healthy with Cam Hayward for a season, and, and I'm talking about the, the 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 key players of this defense, you know T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree. Mika Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, Stephen Nelson. Let let those guys be healthy, and I guess Devin Bush too would, would factor into that. Man, that just the, the the possibilities seem very high for them. But T.J. Watt, just right in this conversation with Cam Hayward, when T.J. Watt wasn't rushing the passer, he was stopping the run, or he was he was jumping back in coverage. And you noted this year there there were less times you saw him and Dupree dropping back in coverage. Why was that? Because the cover was much, was much better this season. They didn't have Cody Sensabaugh that they were relying upon. They didn't have uh, Artie Burns that they were relying on. They didn't have Sean Davis. It was Mika Fitzpatrick Steve, and Steven Nelson out there filling up the soft spots that the Steelers had to deal with in, in, re, in recent seasons. And, and that allowed the secondary to play a lot more aggressively, to go after the ball, to turn the ball hawks, which in turn... It gave the Steelers front more time to get after the quarterback. It also let them be a little more comfortable and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to sell out on this run. These types of things matter. You know, when you know you got somebody behind you, you, you feel like taking more risks. That's not just with cornerbacks and safeties. That's with defensive linemen and linebackers and linebackers in the secondary. Um, and, and when you know you got someone to have your back, you might say, you know what? I'm going to beat this guard up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit on this, on, on this run play and try to stuff it here. If I'm wrong... Hopefully, I'll create enough havoc here, and the, and the and the guys behind me will have my back. And when you have that kind of trust, that that speaks to volume. So, it, to me, it's not just about the uh, about about the ratings individually. I think it's about where these guys fit into the Steelers' defense and where they're going. Because when I look across the board and I see what the Steelers are putting together. I still don't think we've seen the best version of this current Steelers defense, and 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 not just because Stephon Tuitt was was injured, but I really think that if, if this team continues to grow in its uh, in its chemistry, you're going to see these guys uh, to teaming up more. You're going to see them switching off coverages more. Mika Fitzpatrick just had one partial, you know, a majority of a season, but still partial of a season to understand the playbook and to work with things. Devin Bush, the same thing. Um, I really think the middle of this defense is is extremely strong, which is a huge part of building in in the NFL. And you got great edge defenders. You got uh you you, you got a uh, you got you got cornerbacks you can rely on. I really think, guys, we are in for a much better defensive season than we just saw this last season. It may not mean, may not mean that they lead the league in turnovers again, but I do think it will mean more consistency on their part. I also think if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, it, that also helps the defense because then they're not on the field nearly as much, hopefully, because they were on the field a lot when Ben was playing this year. You, you have to you have to wonder how much of that is tied to uh, Ben Roethlisberger's uh, elbow situation, and if that was an injury that was nagging him going into all those games, you know, you can't say for certain one way or the other. But we're just gonna we're, we're just gonna at least say it's it's something to keep an eye on moving forward. But back to the defense. I mean, T.J. Watt. The if you've been following me for a while, I've I've, I've been breaking down T.J. Watt step by step throughout his career. When he was first, before he was even drafted. I wrote a whole profile about him on DKPittsburghSports.com, and this is why you should 
This is why you should subscribe because this is the, the inside stuff you'll get. Um, not just me talking about it, but me writing about it. You'll see the film that I'm talking about. You won't just hear me, hear me. You'll you'll see which clips I'm breaking down and explaining, and then you can see how that how that interacts with other readers there, and then other writers there with Dale Lally. Because Dale Lally and I butt heads all the time, but it's all in good fun, and it's all about learning from each other and saying, hey, was this what you saw? Well, this is what I saw. But T.J. Watt is a perfect example of that growth that you want to see in a player. When I saw him at Wisconsin, I was like, man, that guy's explosive. He knows how to get his hands inside on you and he knows how to rip and sh you know rip and sh toss you and uh well, well not rip but he knows how to get his hands inside and sort of just push you off and shed you but the problem was is that i noted back then he only had one move and it was to use that explosiveness get your hands inside dominate and throw you away um and when he got to the nfl i was wondering you know what it would take for him to learn other moves and it's for in one of his first in uh, the the first Friday Night Lights practice when they do uh, when they meet at uh, Latrobe Stadium, the high school stadium out there. Uh, you saw T I saw T J Watt go up against Xavier Grimble, and Grimble dominated him. He couldn't get around him, and it was getting frustrating for Watt to the point that they started to scrap a little bit. And James Harrison pulled you know says nine oh come here, and he pulls T J Watt to the side, talks to him, and I see him sort of like you know, use some hand motions kind of signaling, you know, you know, just kind of showing him how to do the rip move. And on the next, on the next rep against the Grimble, uh, Watt used the rip move and succeeded. And it showed me that they, that they recognized and TJ Watt recognized he had to learn more pass rush moves. He had to diversify his arsenal. And, uh, you know, and then early on in his, you saw him get three sacks in his first game against the Browns. Uh, and then you saw that, that sort of dip off as the year went on. But to me, that was, hey, you know what? He learned a few sack rush, uh, pass rush moves to get sacks. And then those things eventually go away in your first season because you're so busy adjusting to the NFL. But then each season, you've seen him show more and more moves every year. And I really think that with that continuing to grow and he's going to get even better this year, I really think there's a good chance that you could see T.J. Watt become the best edge rusher in the NFL which to me sounded crazy when you thought of people like Khalil Mack and the way they've been performing but his trajectory to me is it just continues to soar I predicted and I predicted on this show I predicted on DK Pittsburgh Sports before the season even started I said he was going to be the team MVP I didn't have him in defensive player of the year conversation and if he gets it this year I think it's deserved but it also signals that maybe he's ready to be even higher and uh, and maybe he's ready to get a few of those titles. And the Steelers need him healthy, and they need Cam Hayward healthy. But I just I, I want to reiterate for all those who think that the Steelers may be far out of contention or may need so many things to go their way. I really don't think that's the case. They need they need a couple playmakers on offense, maybe a couple, and I, they need Ben Roethlisberger back healthy. I mean, look at the look at the Niners. They were they were four and twelve without Jimmy Garoppolo. Now they're in the Super Bowl and. I think, uh, and their version of getting uh, of getting Nick Bosa, or the Steelers' version of getting of getting Bosa, is getting Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, because you know, without without Garoppolo being gone, they don't get Bosa. Without Ben being gone, the Steelers don't get Fitzpatrick. I, I think they're on a very similar path, and I think also with the way the defense played last year, they're going to get better this this upcoming year. I really think that this that this is a is a huge opportunity for the Steelers moving forward, but they need to be healthy. All right, one more break, and I'm going to come back to some more legacy talk as we're going to get into some quarterback debating. 
Okay, y'all, so if you were paying attention, you saw that uh, Eli Manning, quarterback for the New York football giants, retired officially. Well, at least he announced that he's going to retire. Um, that 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 came he's gonna he's they're gonna hold a press conference basically for him and uh in that press conference they're going to uh talk about that and they're gonna get in he's gonna basically make it official that he <laughs> that he's uh, that he that he's retiring but um you know I, I look at this and i think i think man wow eli manning is retiring uh it, it makes sense i mean he, he he said openly i'm not sitting i'm not gonna sit around and just be behind daniel jones but uh, you know, so, you know, this isn't a surprise necessarily, but what it does kind of just, it's kind of like one of those things where like, wow, it has been that long. And you got to think he's been around since 2004, just like Ben Roethlisberger, just like Philip Rivers. And similarly, you saw Philip Rivers, it was announced that he, uh, that he was permanently moving from San Diego to Miami, uh, which, you know, San Diego, they weren't there, the Chargers left there anyways, but that, to a lot of people signifies that he's done with the Chargers organization and that he's looking for something else to do, uh, whether it be football or being in retired life. But man, uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of wild to think what, uh, what, what, what this, what this means now is Philip Rivers done because if Rivers done is, is done, we know Manning's retiring. Then Ben Roethlisberger is the last of this class. And I, I don't think there's any debate about it. Ben Roethlisberger's been the best of this class, uh, and and he was the last of them picked. Philip Rivers and um, Eli Manning were the top two guys, you know, um, and you know you look at how they've developed over the years. You know, Philip Rivers to me, I always felt like was 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 overrated. I think he's a he's a he's a good quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback, but. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, he never had the talents. I'm like, yeah, but he had Ladanian Tomlinson, he had Antonio Gates, he had the lights out defense. Come on, I just, I, I'm not, I'm also not the biggest uh, Philip Rivers proponent. Is anyone who follows me on social media knows this. Um, but Eli Manning, I, I have a respect for Eli Manning. Now, there, I got into an interesting conversation with Adam Crowley on his ESPN Pittsburgh radio show uh, yesterday about this, and the question on is Eli Manning a Hall of Fame quarterback. My 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 answer was no. I don't think he meets my criteria, but I can see where he would be voted in. Because you think about the traditional arguments of who gets into the Hall of Fame, right? And it comes down to often uh like you know, do you have the stats? Do you have do you have the do you have the big wins? Do you have the championships? And and uh and you look at Eli Manning, he does he is up there in uh um, and also, you know, how, how good, how great were you in your era? That's the other thing. He is up there in total passing yards, but you have to consider it. That's part of his era. But at, at any point in time, would you say that Eli Manning was a top five quarterback? No. I mean, it, it, you could probably name 10 quarterbacks during his time playing that were better than him. And, and if you could do that with a player, I, I think it's tough to say that you're hall of fame, right? Um, but you know, you, I think that the things that are in favor of him are his two Super Bowl rings, you know, two Super Bowl championships. Now, now some people will say that that's not enough, and and I agree. I don't think it should be enough. I think that there should be that you got to look at those teams. And Eli Manning wasn't the driving force. He was a he was a good player. He was like the I'd say he was the rook of those teams, but he wasn't the queen. The queen was the pass rush. If we're talking chess pieces, um, uh, but 
you know, and uh, and you, you saw how they won those games. Now he played very clutch in those moments, and he deserves credit for that. I think that if if I was to let Eli in, it would be a several years down the line. However, the one argument that I think that holds a lot of weight is when you know a lot of old timey guys they'll say, "Well, the way I tell can tell if someone makes the Hall of Fame is can I tell the story of the NFL without X player and." X player in this case is Eli Manning. Now, granted, yeah, you could you could tell the story with the, without talking about Eli Manning's whole career, but when you're talking about the story of Tom Brady, you have to bring up how Eli Manning stopped that man twice in the Super Bowl. And if it wasn't for him, he would have eight Super Bowls by now. He'd also have a 19 and 0 perfect season, and we never stop hearing the end of it. I just I, I look at that and I say, man. That's a good argument for, for him to make the haul. Um, now, again, I wouldn't do it, but I ain't everybody. But here's the thing. You look at that. To me, that means Ben has to be automatic, right? Now, granted, he hasn't beaten Tom Brady in the in, in the Super Bowl, let alone the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, I, if, if Eli's in, Ben was definitely better than him. He drove he drove better offenses. Um you know, I, I'd say Ben had a better Super Bowl win in Super Bowl Forty Three than, than than Eli Manning had um, in either of his Super Bowls. Uh, the game-winning touchdown, uh, Eli Manning did throw a game-winning touchdown as well to Plaxico Burris in in the two thousand seven Super Bowl where they stopped the undefeated Patriots. But I mean, come on, Ben Roethlisberger with a clutch play, and then all the numbers that he put up in twenty ten, and also Ben Roethlisberger's never had a losing season. Eli Manning is eight is five hundred for his career. I look at those and I just like, man, if, if Eli, you know, all the talk about Eli and does he get in, um, if he gets in, Ben has to be in. I remember that used to be a, 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 a really sore point for some debaters. Like, I don't know. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger has the numbers. He better have the numbers. If this is even, if you're even sniffing at, at Eli Manning, you better put him, put Ben Roethlisberger in with the quickness. Um, but I think it just, I think especially if, if Ben Roethlisberger comes out and he doesn't need to throw, lead the league in touchdown passes. He doesn't need to be in the top quadrant of touchdown passes. He just needs to be on a winning team. He just needs to, to if he can go come out in his last year or two here and be able to win some big games, have some big moments, show the show the the veteran quarterbackness. You know, we, another thing we'd be top about is can can old quarterbacks win anymore? Are you kidding me? Tom Brady won at forty one last year, and Peyton Manning won with a fused neck not too long ago. Uh, absolutely, that can happen if you're experienced and if you know the game. You can you can help lead a team to the promised land. And Ben Roethlisberger, I think, absolutely can do that. Now, he's going to have to be more reserved. I think he's going to have to be, uh, I think he's going to have to stick to a system that, uh, that that runs the ball a lot more than he's used to and a system that bases itself in his defense, which he should also be used to because that's how he started his career. Um, but the old Ben Roethlisberger of slinging the ball around and trying to get 30 points a game, leave that Ben alone. You don't need him. You just need the Ben that's going to, uh, take advantage of defenses when they try to stop the run, when they sell out to do different things, be smart enough to recognize what they're trying to do and take advantage of the weakness that that exposes. So Eli Manning's retirement, congratulations to Eli Manning. I think Steelers fans should kind of salute Eli Manning because otherwise we would just have so many more reasons to hate the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but all in all, um, I, I it, it made me think more and more about 
just Hall of Fame stuff because we've been talking about the Hall of Fame. Donnie Shell getting in the Hall of Fame. Maybe Polamalu gets in the Hall of Fame. Maybe Alan Fanica gets in the Hall of Fame. Bill Cowers now in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, and, and then this is being talked. And you got the pro. You got you got baseball Hall of Fame being talked about right now. We will not get into that. That is not this show. But um, I will say that <laughs> with uh, with with all that talking, and I saw Eli Manning retiring, I was like, hmm. I think it's time we dig up this conversation because I, I, I think that there's there's some people out there and it's it's crazy and, and I, I'd like you to hit me up about this at Carter Critiques on Twitter or hit us up in the Facebook group and, and it's and talk about this. Do you know anybody that says that Ben Roethlisberger isn't a Hall of Famer? Because I it's funny, I used to not think that that, that anyone thought like that, and then I would talk to people that weren't of Pittsburgh or, or, or weren't Steelers fans or weren't of Pittsburgh media. And they'd be like, heck no, that guy, that guy's not it, because he's never been a top five quarterback in the league. And that's, you know, that that's Tony the Hater right there. And I'm just just kidding. But in all seriousness, that's uh that's part of the discussion I, I have, and I'm like, hmm, okay, well, what do you see in a, in a in a Hall of Fame quarterback? Uh, but uh, so so bring bring that up on the Facebook group. Let me know if you have an opinion. Do you think Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback? Do you know anybody who doesn't think that he is? I think that's an interesting point of discussion. We got a lot of time in this offseason to kill, so I'm sure I'll be coming back to it at some point. But that's our show today for Locked On Steelers. We will be back tomorrow to finish out the week if you listen to this podcast and you want to subscribe hit that subscribe button please we you can subscribe to us on spotify stitcher apple podcasts or wherever podcasts are hosted if you like the show please leave me a five-star review as well as a positive comment those things help me go a long way to promoting the show and getting the word out there about locked on Steelers. If you want to see more of my work, again, follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques, where you can see my tweets. You can interact with me, at with me, uh, send me a DM. I'll try to respond as best as I can. I have a lot of response things I got to respond to from yesterday. Sorry, the brother just works a lot. Uh, and uh, also, you can see my work at dkpittsburghsports.com. Sign up for 99 cents. You'll get you'll get you'll get a trial membership, uh, trial subscription for a month. And you'll get to see all our work on the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, and the University of Pittsburgh covering him in the in the classroom, as in the film room, like how I write, as well as with the beat writers that are in the locker room 24-7-365. We also have plenty of shows on, on, on uh, DKPittsburghSports.com, namely Sports on Tap. Which it's a, which is a show where we try four different beers at Mike's Beer Bar in the North Shore of Pittsburgh, right across from PNC Park. Um, in, in the latest episode, myself and Hunter Homestek, our pit beat writer, uh, try four different beers. We give our opinions on the beers while we keep switching through sports topics. So if you want more to watch, be sure to check out Sports on Tap at DKPittsburghSports.com. That is free. So we do have free things on the website. But again, subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com uh, for just 99 cents. I'll be back tomorrow talking more on the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs>